0: Hi, welcome to the podcast, Ethics and Etiquette, a thought-provoking discussion about everyday dilemmas. I'm your host, Marna Ashburn, here with wife, mother, and attorney, Kelly Halligan-Zimmerman. Hi, Kelly. Hey, Marna. Hi, Mike. Hi, everybody. And Mike Derrick, a retired army officer, combat vet, and father for, hi, Mike.
1: Hey, Marna, and hey, Kelly.
0: Hello to both of you. Our goal here is to offer you insights and perspectives on vexing situations so that you can examine your own choices And exercise your own ethical muscles a little better. We are several weeks into a stay-at-home decree which has been adopted by most states. Schools and all businesses deemed non-essential are shut down. The threat of COVID-19 has ushered in unprecedented measures. In keeping with the times, the topic we're going to discuss today is how has the pandemic changed us and how can we be better when it's over? Today's unexpected pain, loss, and confusion also brings us an opportunity to reflect and restructure. We're going to try to do that today. Also, we're going to change things up a little, and Mike is going to moderate our conversation. Mike, take it away.
1: Hey, thanks, Marna, and uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. For my wife and myself, you know, we all kind of count the days here, I think, in different ways. But on March 16th, we flew back from California. We'd been visiting our daughter in uh, Southern California. She's a Marine at Camp Pendleton. And we came home and the airports were deserted. We went through two major airports. We crossed two international borders, that being the United States and Canada on that day. And we got home and that was five weeks and one day ago. And so that's how we count this time, this unexpected time that we've all had dumped upon us. And what I want to do today is kind of begin to unpack a little bit how this has changed us and how... Perhaps some of our relationships have changed or how our self-image has changed, our patterns, our daily habits. I know everybody out there has different ways in which this has come home to roost. I mean, for many, it's economic dislocation. The economic impact of this thing, uh, I don't think we've figured that out yet. For many people, it's a professional change. For young people, it can be an educational change. You know, I watch my youngest son now grapple with school online and he really doesn't like it. And then there's the personal change. How have we changed? How have we changed within our relationship? So I want to discuss that today with uh, our two wonderful uh, folks here with great opinions and great ideas. And usually you get three scenarios from us, Um, not today. Instead, you get three voices. So I'm going to ask each of us to consider what's going on in our lives and how we see things a little differently. So let me start with you, Kelly. You know, Marna, feel free to jump in if you have something you want to add to this also. Kelly, how do you see yourself differently now as driven by this period of
2: isolation? I'm doing the podcast from my bathroom. Uh, that's one difference I think, I think
1: there's more of a story there but go ahead <laughs>
2: yeah. and, and where were you doing the podcast before Kelly well I used to do it at a desk in my office but my house is so crowded um, now that the only place I have privacy and peace and quiet is in the bathroom <laughs> oh, so that's where I am okay. Yeah. so
0: we should tell our listeners that you have your three children home
2: Yep, I have, and uh, a, a guest and a guest. Yep. We, um, my husband and I, we have a. our youngest just turned 15. So he's home um, learning remotely. And he is like Mike's youngest son. He is very unhappy. He doesn't like it at all. And he loves school, but he really dislikes the remote learning. And then our two other children, our son and our daughter are home from college. And they're also learning remotely. And then our daughter's good friend, uh, Atina from Serbia, she couldn't get home to Serbia. So she's with us and um, she's a doll and we love having her so so we have the four kids the two of us and a modest home and it's crowded and noisy and so I would say I don't know that I think my experience might be a lot different than many others certainly than you two because I'm not lonely I'm not alone I crave for aloneness (laughs) you have to hide out in the
0: bathroom to get your solitude right
2: and and I don't have a lot of time for introspection either and I know this is a time where a lot of people are you know reevaluating things and you know really thinking about things trying to stay positive but for me I'm just trying to get through every day I'm very busy at work my clients work seems to have picked up because of what's going on I'm very busy at home just you know cooking and keeping the house decent um, my husband and I and you know we have to have a, a nice big dinner every night the kids are hungry and the girls are athletes they're working out and it's a lot of shopping you know putting the masks and the gloves and we have to get out to the grocery store a couple of times a week and then just you know running interference with little disagreements <laughs> you know those kinds of things so I feel like every day is just sort of busy and the time is, is passing quickly. How about you, Marna? Well,
0: I'm an introvert, and I'm an empty nester, and I live alone, and I work at home. So there hasn't been a substantial change in my life. I do miss the outlet of social life, like going to taco night with friends, going to movies, going to the gym, going to see a concert or a play. That's off the table now. And I certainly appreciate it more now. As an introvert, I did depend on those get-togethers for well-being more than i realized at the time. The thing about living alone is, uh, and I like solitude, but solitude can sometimes sail right off the edge, right into just flat out loneliness. And, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that can happen um, not quickly, but um, before you realize it, you're not just in enjoyable solitude, you're you're downright lonely.
2: Right. How do you deal with that, Marna? Are there specific ways you cope?
0: Phone calls,
2: very intentional
0: about keeping in touch with friends now and having nice long phone calls in the evenings with longtime friends and family and uh, video chats. I love these video chats there's a couple different sites you can use and it's just as easy as as a phone call really but you have that visual component so it's much nicer and my family we have a zoom video chat every saturday it's grown by leaps and bounds i think we had about 18 people on there last time wow
1: unbelievable
0: (laughs) i know i I have to moderate it uh, so is that 18
1: little squares on your screen
0: it takes up two screens you have oh my two screens but it's fun we we do a round robin thing and everybody gives us a recap and Mm -hmm. it's very interesting because we have a range of ages I have nieces and nephews who are in high school and my cousin's kids are in high school so I get to hear what's going on with them and I have nurses and doctors in my family so I get to hear things from their perspective so that's been good but being much more intentional about socializing is how I've coped with it.
1: Yeah, I that to me, that really strikes a chord, Marna, because, you know, I too am of an introvert. And uh, it is so easy just to kind of let this be a super long, quiet time. You know, it's like a camping trip, going on a solo camping trip that never ends, except, you know, of course, it's my yeah. wife and myself, you know.
0: <laughs> exactly. And, and you're
1: not, it not only never ends, you don't know when it's going to end. I have also been enjoying the phone calls, and I'll just give you a quick, an example. I I was thinking about one of my college professors the other day. This also happens to be a guy who I later worked with in professional life. We were both in the military. You know, he made a significant impact on me, both as a professor and as a colleague later, many, in fact, decades later. And I just said, wonder what he's doing. And so I sent him a note, and uh, boy, oh boy. I got this remarkable email back and now he wants to do face, you know, uh, set up a FaceTime or, you know, some sort of video chat. And uh, it was just heartwarming. So, you know, my introverted self is enjoying this dramatically and tremendously, but I'm trying not to turn into a curmudgeon, um, I guess is what I'm saying here.
0: A curmudgeon and a hermit?
1: Curmudgeon and a hermit. Cranky hermit? Cranky (laughs) hermit. (laughs) Uh, All right, so... Kelly, I'm going to go back to you. Um, I know your house is full of people and you don't have any time to think, but have you discovered anything about yourself? Anything that kind of surprised you? You know, this is not the normal situation that we were expecting. So something kind of caught you off guard?
2: Um, I think how much I'm enjoying it, actually. I mean... Yeah. I didn't, and ex- I,
1: I didn't expect you to go there.
0: I know. I'm yeah, surprised to I, hear that.
2: No, I am I I really am grateful for the time with the kids and with my husband. It's been challenging at times, but it's been a lot of fun. And, and I'm very grateful that we're together. And of course, that we're healthy. I mean, that's, yeah, that's really important. So true. And my mom, I also am responsible a little bit for my mom, along with my sibling. She lives about a mile away. And she has a number of underlying health problems, so I I shop for her every week and bring her stuff. And of course, it's hysterical because I have to call her and then I leave it outside her door, and then she comes to her balcony and um we yell up and down to each other and oh, talk. Wow. It's hard to say, okay, mom, I gotta go. I gotta go, gotta I gotta go, go cook dinner. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, how much I've enjoyed it. I mean, I, I I'm very mindful of how bad the situation is and and mm-hmm. you know what others are going through but um i'm working to stay positive and it's it's not hard because i'm with the people i love
1: wow that's great I, I just didn't see that coming kelly after your first comment wow so marna what do you what about you well how have you surprised yourself in
0: this first of all kelly i i have to commend you on your upbeat attitude that's really wonderful i've surprised myself what i've discovered about myself I can be very productive with projects at home. I have a long list of projects I need to do, and so I have tackled some of them. Last night, I was sorting through photographs. I have two large moving boxes of photographs from the last, oh, 30 years. This is pre-digital. And so I, I did the first crude sorting into decades last night, and now I have to do more fine motor sorting by years and locations and things like that. So that's been fun. Also, I've cleaned out a closet or two. I cleaned out my storage locker that I've had for four years, brought those 10 or so box home, and now I'm going through those and assimilating that into my house and getting rid of some stuff. There's a little bit of mission creep there because closets have to be cleaned out first before you can assimilate stuff into your home. I've cleaned out my china cabinet. I'm never at a loss for things to do. On the flip side, I can waste a lot of time and become very slothful and binge-watch Netflix and surf the Internet and be an un- uh, undisciplined slug and stagnant. <laughs> oh, but that, Mona, that's okay. I
1: would, okay. Never, I would <laughs> never think of using <laughs> undisciplined slug, but go ahead. It,
2: it's, it's, the, it's okay. It's the drinking <laughs> that's concerning. <Maria>. <laughs> <laughs> the drinking that's <laughs> That, that's what we're
0: worried about. You know, a glass of
2: wine a day is supposed to be good for you.
1: <laughs> it's just when do you have that glass of wine, Marna? Is <laughs> um,
0: that how after you start the mimosa the day? in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perhaps the undisciplined slug is not such a grand insight. I knew I always had that potential in myself, but I'm sort of seeing it in living color these days. Lack of stimulation, I guess. Yeah.
1: You know, I think we're all getting things done. I mean, Kelly, maybe not you, but I mean, it's yeah, I'm not. You're, <laughs> I mean, you're the one no, with a full time job and the house, house full of kids, so you are disaster. getting things done. I beg to differ. I beg to differ. You are getting things done.
2: We're, um, we're eating, and I do organize like 14 pairs of shoes sometimes before I go to bed. <laughs> That's,
0: and you're working.
1: Yeah.
2: That's true. Yeah. I am. I, um...
1: Okay. So how about next... you, Mike? Oh, you're going to pin me down on this one. Yes. You know, Marna, when you said you're getting things done, that's, that's me. I, I used to, and it's funny because I used to think of myself as a pretty deliberate guy who started a project and finished a project. And I looked around and I got like five things going at once. So I have just begun to say one thing at a time. Let's, finish some of these things up and I'm looking I'm actually in my basement recording studio right now um, which is uh, a euphemism for a workbench in my basement I'm looking around at stuff I have built so I like to work with wood and figure things out and uh, you know I just had all these ideas and kind of half done projects and all of a sudden they're getting accomplished so this this is the gift of time for me
2: that's great yeah. Good for you, Mike. That's awesome. Yeah. No, I mean, it... it makes me feel terrible, but it's okay.
1: Okay. Well, Kelly, you know, we're here for you. <laughs> we're only a phone call away, all right? So.
0: I'm glad Thank to you. hear other people start five things at once. I do that too. Yeah. yeah. So what's the most recent thing you've built, Mike?
1: So I am looking at right now a ski waxing bench that I built. I started and I finished yesterday. I had bought the hardware for this like a year and a half ago. So this is something I can now wax skis in the basement with instead of paying somebody $25 a pair to do it for me. I know how to do all that stuff, but having a bench where they don't slip and slide around is really handy. So I bought the hardware and I took scrap wood from my scrap wood pile and put it together and it, it came out really nice. So
2: Wow, that's, that's my great. Last nice.
1: project. I can send you a picture. Maybe we can put it up yeah. on the website. Yeah, yeah,
2: put it on the website. Um yeah. so are you still skiing up there?
1: No, no. Um but you know, all the skis need a, a coat of wax for the summer so like protect basis. them? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I don't know if our listeners know that you live about an hour from Lake Placid and in the winters you like to cross country ski every day.
1: Well, yeah. Just by it's... way of background. Right, yeah, I've been skiing at the Olympic Trails in Lake Placid since I was uh, twelve years old. So it's a pretty neat spot if you ever get the chance to visit. We're real fortunate to be here. So, and since cross-country skiing is one of the healing sports, as they call it, um, you know, it's a great way to great way to spend your time when you get to be of a certain age. So
0: a healing sport. What's that?
1: Yeah, the healing sports are those that are ones you know, known as aging friendly. So they are cross-country skiing, bicycling, walking, and swimming. At least that's one guy's interpretation. So, and
2: sitting. Sitting, <laughs> sitting. You know, although sitting. they say, that's, Kelly, that's sitting, my
1: sport. Is, sitting is the new smoking. Have you heard that?
2: Yeah. That's yeah, okay. <laughs> so, another thing that makes me feel bad. Yeah, we can, yeah, we can talk about grushly. that later.
1: That's another oh, topic yeah. for oh, another gosh. day. Oh,
2: gosh. So walking, <laughs> swimming, biking,
0: and cross-country skiing...
1: Yeah, yeah, those
0: are the,
2: the healing, healing sports. Well, I, I would ask you to consider adding sitting to that. How about binge <laughs> watching <my> Netflix <laughs> <laughs> while sitting?
0: <laughs> I'm there, totally
2: there.
1: Well, there's something to be said for you know how how much of how much of your well being is governed by your frame of mind. So if if Netflix works for you and calms you down and makes things right in your head. I think it's I think it's good for you. So moving along, let me turn to Marna this time. And Marna, what about this really bothers you, this whole isolation period that we're in, you know, the whole pandemic, what really bothers you? What really disappoints you that you just didn't see coming that surprised you and, and kind of caught you off guard?
0: I have four or five things that have caught me off guard, taken my breath away. One is um, people having to die alone. I had a girlfriend whose mother died last week. Mm -hmm. Elderly mother died, and she couldn't be with her at the moment of her death or the days leading up to that in the hospital. You can't um, be with her afterwards. You can't have a a funeral or a grieving ritual or anything to get through that. That's got to be tough.
1: Yeah, that's horrible. My
0: heart's breaking for her. And I'm not so much hurt or disappointed by this, but I miss the human touch. I miss hugs. Mm -hmm. I miss greeting friends with a hug and saying goodbye with a hug. I'm a hugger. Yeah. So now it's, you know, an elbow bump or a virtual Mm -hmm. air hug. It's not quite the same thing.
1: No, there's a lot less going on there. I totally agree with you. Yeah. It's funny how introverts like to hug, isn't it? Yeah.
0: The third thing is I really feel for those high school and college seniors who are at the pinnacle of their academic and athletic lives and looking forward to living through those, and they were cut short. I've just recently come off a conversation with family members. They're all seniors in high school, and they're all athletes, and there's no spring sports and uh, no graduation to speak of. They're doing a um, prom with mom, they call it. Everybody's going to dress up in their prom dress, and share pictures of themselves at home. Again, oh, wow. it just lacks that certain je ne sais quoi. I feel really bad for them. This doesn't really hurt either. It's kind of trivial. But have you heard of the COVID-15? No. The freshman 15? This is the COVID-15. Oh. Oh, really? <laughs> weight gain. <laughs> I, n- I never realized how much the movement of everyday life, coming and going, being out and about, burned mm-hmm. up calories. Mm-hmm. So now there's a little bit of weight gain here. Surprising. Oh. Hmm.
1: That's, uh, you know, that's good. I mean, I didn't expect you to go into quite such uh, such depth, but those are all so important. And but
2: not the weight gain.
1: Not the weight gain. But, yeah, you know, in a certain a way, good. something that I think if, if we as a society don't figure this out, obviously that's going to have trouble coming with it. But um, yeah,
0: I'm doing the healing sport of bicycling.
1: Yeah, good.
0: And walking the dog, even in the rain, like yesterday. They still got to get out. Yep. Put on the poncho and the rain boots.
2: That's where having the kids home helps. Hey, get the umbrella and get out there with the dog. (laughs) Where's my dog walkers?
1: (laughs) See, that's funny you say that, Kelly, because we have two very old dogs to the point where unless you go and rouse them, they just sleep all day. One of the things that's changed in my life is I pay a lot more attention to these very quiet elderly dogs. You know, I know they're not going to be here for too many more years and they've been wonderful members of this family. So when I wake up in the morning, I get them their breakfast and then we we go for a walk. We we live right next to an apple orchard. So we walk through the orchard or along the orchard. It's something that I'd kind of let go because they don't they don't need it or want it anymore it seems like. But boy, when they get out there, they come to life, and they just kind of bounce along, and they lose five or eight years. It's really been a neat thing. So I'm walking my own dogs, probably because I got nobody else to do it. It's added a little a little texture to my life, which I really appreciate.
2: Yeah, that sounds that sounds beautiful too. With the apple apple yeah. orchards and. Did you find that you missed the walks, Mike?
1: I find um, them very
0: centering. I mean, I complain. I find that that morning walk with the dog very centering and grounding.
1: You know, we're lucky in that we live in such a rural area, literally you can just let them out the back door. So, you know, in terms of them going out three or four times a day, they they usually don't go out on leash. The typical walk that most people take their dog on isn't isn't our reality here. So this is really just one for, you know, their benefit, my benefit. And uh, I'd, I'd let that slip away from me, but... And now I really, really appreciate it. Plus the orchard is coming to life. You know, we're about three weeks out now from bloom. And so you see the buds in the trees just beginning to grow every day and you kind of watch them. And in a week or two, the, the the bees will come in. And that's probably my favorite time of the year in the orchard when, when it blooms and the, the whole thing buzzes with the bees and the flies that are pollinating. Anyhow, I'm watching that now very deliberately each day. And that's been a that's been a real pleasure for me, so.
2: That sounds beautiful. Yeah, it really does.
1: All right, so Kelly, let me turn to you. Same question. What did you not see coming? What really surprised you? What caught you off guard?
2: I think just how devastating the coronavirus turned out to be. I think I was concerned. I think we all, we all were, but just the death toll and just the utter devastation of the economy and of so many lives has been shocking to me. And we all know life is fragile, and we all know things can change very quickly. Yet, I still have been surprised by the power of this. And and I think the staying power. I mean, yeah, I, I think we're right. going to be living with this for, mm-hmm. yeah, for some mm-hmm. time. And, mm-hmm. and I think I'm really shocked by that. And I echo yeah. a lot of things that Marna said as well. I, I know my, my daughter's a college athlete, and she and her teammates worked so hard and have trained so hard. And they were just getting ready to start their season. Their first meet in Arizona was, you know, like about a week after everything was shut down. You know, so disappointing for her and her teammates. And, and you just can't get that back. You know, she in fact, she had redshirted last year. So she's already been off for a year and was so excited for the season. It's just gone. You hope that it'll be something that they can recover from and pick up where they left off. But you don't know. And I know in the scheme of things, there's a lot more important things to life than, you know, athletics or proms or graduation ceremonies. But, but they're just part of the fabric of our lives. So it, it's sad when they're lost.
0: How do you help your daughter get through that disappointment?
2: I just listen to her. She's she's a real introvert. And obviously I'm not. So she, she doesn't talk about it a lot. Her friend and her teammates who's here at home talks about it more. You know, I think they're working through it, but it's sad. And I think they miss each other, you know, as do all the college kids that are home. They they miss their friends. Even, you know, the high school kids. My son, he so misses his friends. He's very social. And he's just, you know, he's just sad about it. He's still, you know, they can do a lot online, but it's just not the same. Not
0: the same as hanging out.
2: Not at all. No. Yeah. It's just tough. And, and yet you still have to stay positive and you still have to realize however bad a, a situation is. It will change. It's going to change. I just think we're going to have to be patient because I think this is going to be a um, kind of a long-haul type pandemic. What about you, Mike? You
1: know, the thing that's really surprised me is the way in which this has affected the entire country at the same time. I know that sounds obvious, but, you know, we're accustomed to, you know, a hurricane in Florida or in the Carolinas and wildfires in California and flooding in the south or drought in the midwest. And these things happen intermittently, and they usually affect, you know, a pretty specific region of our nation. The difference here is that this thing came in quietly. We didn't really expect it to be that difficult. You know, if you think back to the way we were thinking in February, it was, it was just not that big a deal. And then it came, and it really hit hard. And I I speak as a New Yorker now, although we're very we're a very long distance, about three hundred miles from New York City. I mean, we're still in New York State, so it's just had this enormous impact on New York. Not only New York, but then now you know the entire nation is shut down. And what that means, and the impact of that, the economic impact, the social impact, the professional impact. I think Marna's point about. All these people being denied those transitions into The next step of their life, especially for our young people, their transitions into adulthood, whether it's a college graduation or a high school graduation, all these things are off the table now. It's happened to everybody at the same time. That really surprised me. I didn't see it coming. I don't think anybody really did. And I didn't understand the implications. I think this is going to change us as a society. You know, I was just reading this morning about the city of Milan in northern Italy, which was, you know, the area that was hardest hit in Italy. And it's been a ghost town for six or seven weeks now just because no one's gone out. They were so rattled by this, so affected, so many people died. The city of Milan has said we are going to redo this city. We're going to take 22 miles of city streets and reimagine them, repurpose them, figure out a better way to do things. We're not just going back to business as usual. So I want to take this example and kind of set up what we hope to talk about next in our next podcast, which is what happens next? Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here personally? Where do we go as a nation? Marna, I'll kick it back to you because you always have such a wonderful closing for us.
0: (laughs) Thanks, Mike, for running the show today. And thanks, Kelly, for your insightful comments, as usual. I'm really impressed with how you're handling things with that full house and staying positive about it. Good for you. What about you? Do you have a comment or question about this? Send us an email or leave a voicemail. You can do both at our website, www.ethicsandetiquette.com. If you want to support what we're doing, please subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, and recommend Ethics and Etiquette to your friends and family. For Kelly Halligan-Zimmerman and Mike Derrick, I'm Marna Ashburn. And this is Ethics and Etiquette, a thought provoking dialogue about everyday dilemmas. Thanks for being with us this week, and please join us again next week for an all new episode. See you then.